Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but please just call me Rachel. This episode is brought to you by the Rev with Rachel affiliate, Source Code Meditation, an online education and meditation practice for awakening your higher brain and expressing your most radiant, authentic self. Go to the show notes for the link to sign up for an enlightening webinar with the creator, Dr. Michael Cotton. Today's episode is called Tours of the Soul with Ariana Brackenbury. Ariana is an inspirational wisdom and spiritual guide for people that are in a transition point in their life. She helps them get more connected to their heart and soul of what they are here to do on the planet. Through coaching, inspirational speaking, workshops, and spiritual journeys, Ariana guides us to connect to our own inner wisdom. Welcome to Rev with Rachel, Ariana. Hi, good morning, Rachel. I'm so delighted to be here to share some fascinating insights for your listeners. Oh, awesome. It's wonderful to be here with you. I know you from eWomen Network. We met at the Platinum Uh, summit uh, two years ago and then we got to hang out a little bit this year too so it's always wonderful to be with you thank you and you as well yeah we connected right away and um you know when you said what you did I was like oh my gosh you know another person comes across my path with you know mutual interests and can you just start by sharing a bit of your story and how you became a spiritual guide for others Yes, I'd be delighted to. It's it's an interesting journey that I've been on. I had um, spent most of my life not on a spiritual journey. Um, it wasn't until my husband became sick and was in the hospital for four months that I actually um, had an opportunity to let go of me trying to take control of everything and make it all work because it just uh, didn't, in that case, I had to let go and and allow whatever was going to happen to happen. Mm. So he actually passed after four months and eight operations. And a time when I was really sensing, um, it was all up to me. (laughs) So it was a a time in my life um, where I had really no connection to God, spirit, the universe. Everyone has a slightly different name for that. But on the day of his funeral, I walked into my bathroom and it was clearly, I'm starting to feel the emotion of it, such a defining moment because I I wear hard contact lenses and in that moment I looked down and the, the lens case was upside down and the contacts were underneath. Um, I usually leave the case open. I looked and in that I didn't go to my logical mind. It was, oh my God, you're there. Oh, And it was just this moment of, I had no idea what there was or where there was or what it was, but there was no doubt in my mind that somehow he had managed to reach back to me to make a shift in my journey from being this very logical left brain computer programmer (laughs) to this person that could open to something completely different in her life. And so that was the beginning of the journey. And after that, it just seemed like, 
uh, upstairs they were saying, oh, here, if she's finally awake, let's send her some teachers. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I went through of several years of just lots of um, self-development seminars, lots of searching, lots of uh, learning. And it, it culminated um, really after a series of events. I'd lost all my savings. <clears throat> I lost my home. And my computer business just decided to disappear. It almost like just dried up overnight. And I found myself at 60 starting over and not really having any kind of a sense of what that would look like. And someone had a, had suggested to me, have you thought of walking the Camino? And it felt like this zoom of energy just went through. Ooh. So off I went on this I'd sold my house, I'd paid all my debts, and it would have seemed to be the most logical thing was to go get a job or do something to start to move forward. Um, but I decided to let go of logic and reason. Mm. Off I went on a 100-day backpacking journey, and I went to Spain, or to Ireland first, then to Spain to walk the Camino de Santiago. It's an 800-kilometer pilgrimage, and then to Bali to integrate all of that. Oh, my gosh. So that was um, such a deep journey and that really came back in that place of taking a deep breath and just being in the flow of what universe was going to direct me into. And that's how basically I came to be a spiritual guide, a soul song singer, and um, just speaking to people to tell them that life does not always end when it seems like you're at the bottom. Mm. Oh, wow. That's very powerful. I love hearing stories of transformation like that when people get really in tune with the, the intuitive and the flow and the, you know, the spiritual part of themselves. Yes, it was, it was definitely, um, I think my family was uh, probably the most shocked. I think it also tells me when people say, well, that person will never change. Um, I don't think we can ever really know mm. when when someone will actually waken up to their inner truth. Wow, that's a good point. That's a good reminder. That's really rich. So when you went on your that first Camino, was there, um, you know, what would you say was the biggest takeaway or a learning or a shifting that happened for you? Well, the biggest thing for me in that journey um, I've actually done 10 Caminos now, but that, oh, that journey was, I was, I decided to go almost three weeks before. So I didn't have a lot of preparation time and I didn't have a lot of, I was overweight, didn't speak Spanish. So it was a huge um, moving into trust for me. And I did have a lot of leg injuries because I didn't train properly before leaving. Mm. And what I found was there was a point where I started to realize I'd been rushing my whole life. Oh, I had been a person really motivated by, have I beat my best time? You know, I was a runner, I was a marathon runner and a black diamond skier. And I, but I had this sense of always competing for something or, or really rushing and I'm walking and I'm having to walk really slowly. I'm talking like maybe two kilometers an hour, which is in, uh, for much of your audience, that will be uh, maybe a measurement they won't understand, but 
let's just say it's a slow walk. And I started to contemplate why I had been rushing so much my whole life. And I really got this really insight of growing up in a family where things, it was just better if things were done quickly and then one got out of the way. Mm. So there was this sort of historical, and I thought, oh my goodness, I've been carrying that pattern, which is a lot of what all of us do unconsciously create. There's what I call the viruses on the heart drive. Ooh. We have these pieces that are running our lives unconsciously. And it seems as if sometimes something's going to come to bring them into conscious awareness. And I started to think, oh my God, it's, I don't need to do that anymore. And so I started to slow down. It was so funny because people were passing me all the time. And I was just actually liking to be last. Mm. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And it was so peaceful back there without anybody, no talking. It was the Camino just has that beautiful opportunity to have a taking that deep breath and allowing most of the world to slip away. And so uh, people would pass and uh, ask if I was okay, because that's part of the, you know, the tradition on the Camino is to make sure everybody's okay. Mm. Um, but I just, I think that was the biggest learning from that Camino was to slow down and to really allow that things will happen in the right time and the right place. Wow, Ariana, that is powerful. And I love that, you know, that you shared that. My background is in exercise physiology. So I was surrounded by, I never did any marathons, but that's just the, you know, being in the gym set setting and the fitness. It's just like, how hard can we go and how much faster and how many more times a week and all of that. And for me, my part of my journey was learning to slow down and be still and um, and to move my body without music instead of that loud, you know, group fitness music all the time. <laughs> and um, I love that. That's so cool. So tell us more now about, uh, you know, a Camino or a spiritual journey. What, what exactly is that or what, how would that benefit people? Well, I think the main thing, a Camino can be anytime. It doesn't have to be predefined, but in today's society, the word Camino is often used to describe the Camino de Santiago, which is a historical pilgrimage in Spain. But there are many, many, many different um, spiritual pilgrimages around the world. Why it would be- why it benefits people is really it allows the opportunity to get rid of the rushing that happens in everyday life, and it's just like taking. For me, it's like a little bit like playing hooky, but. It's- <laughs> It's kind of like hitting the pause button instead of all this rushing around. And for those of us that live in cities, it's creating appointments that are across the city at rush hour. Oh yeah. <laughs> cram as many people in to one day as possible. And so there's this sense of just being able to take that breath. And then it allows that opportunity. The mind can, as you well know, it has a lot of chatter in it. There's that inner voice that keeps, seems to be nagging all the time. Mm-hmm. It allows an opportunity to get rid of that inner voice. And it allows, so it's because you're doing the same thing every day, it becomes like a structural 
you get up in the morning, there's no real to-do list. Mm, right. Let's just, let's just wear the same clothes as we were yesterday. All we have to do is eat and go walk, eat and walk. And it's really a walking meditation in, in some, that might be a different way for your listeners to take a, get a perspective of it. I think that sounds awesome. I love, I do walking meditations anytime I go for a walk (laughs) and I live in the city area, but I hear you on the, um, you know, the, to go anywhere around the twin cities in Minnesota is a good 30 minutes, but yeah, I'm less attracted to the busy and the go and the constant schedule that is uh, so pervasive in, you know, what we're creating for our young children these days. I would agree. I think, um, the, and it's also about being in nature, Rachel, because mm-hmm. it's like when we're, t- our feet are touching the ground, um, we can be on exercise machines in the gym, but there's a yeah. whole different energy to being in the woods on, you know, in, in a place where nature gets to talk to us where we can actually start to be aware of the sounds that often we just block out. We're, People are often exercising with music while they're walking. And it's it's really that sense of as much as possible, just being in the moment, being in the moment of walking, being in the moment of noticing the sounds and the smells and all the beauty that's around when one is walking in nature. Yeah, that is so true. I have just fallen in love with nature. You know, for me, I if I if it wasn't going to be like a workout, like, oh, I get to go outside and run for an hour, I just wouldn't even do it, you know, versus now I just have such an appreciation for walking and quiet and um, just being, you know, it's such a different uh, experience really of life that way. Well, and I think we do have cycles in our life and um, I'm 67 now, so it's really, I think that whole thing of when I used to compete a lot was when I was in my twenties and thirties and Mm -hmm. it just was fun. I enjoyed it. It wasn't, I don't think there's right or wrong in anyone's journey. It's just, I think we cycle through into a point where um, competition kind of moves aside and we really are, I think most of us are yearning for some deeper connection for that deeper sense of why am I on the planet? I think for the most part, when I'm working with my coaching client, I'm working with people that are over 45 and they've either seen someone, you know, their husbands maybe have passed, um, their parents, they've been caregivers. And all of a sudden it's that opportunity to say, well, they don't need me anymore. The kids are gone. You know, I'm at that point in my life where I'm wondering what is it that I I can do to give back to the planet? Can I make a difference? Will it matter that I was here? I mean, that for me is so important. Will it, will it actually matter? And did I leave this place better than when I came into the planet? So I think there's that time at a certain point in life when we start to contemplate that bigger thing. And it's not about leaving a legacy. It's about what we do while we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who we are, 
You know, how do we touch the hearts of the people around us? Exactly. Yes. And lift them up instead of, you know, I, I certainly, there's times when I was the negative drain in the room, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, now I, I work on myself to make sure that my, how my energy is and all of that is a, a good thing for people to be around. I agree. And I think it's also those so important though, to have those that we can talk to when we're not putting on the mask that it's all okay. Mm-hmm. There are times when we don't necessarily want to bring down the whole room, but it's having the ability to to select the people in our lives who can listen, who are going to hold the space for us to move through whichever parts of those darker journeys. When I was losing my home, I was at the point of total exhaustion. and mm. I had um, just to get through the point where they would, transfer over the ownership of the house and I had like eight women that were there to support me and wow I actually was stuck in this I was so exhausted and so drained that I couldn't make logical my brain was not even capable at that point of making any logical decisions and I had got stuck in this whole point of not packing my bedroom closet which mm. was substantial <laughs> And I couldn't figure out why I wasn't taking action. It came to the morning of the of the house taking transfer, and I still hadn't packed, and my friends were freaking out. And finally, a friend said, I'm calling my daughter. She's going to come and She came over, and she said, you're not going to say a word. You're just going to hand me stuff. And it all got put into bags. And I realized later that I was in this point of, I didn't know where I was going and everything was going to lockers. And I thought, how am I, you know, I can still feel how I was feeling. How am I going to find anything? And where am I going? And uh, having community, having people around who will support in that case. And, you know, literally I got out of that house without a plan and I had a little dog Mm. but all I could do was to get through that moment. And that's when we have to call on. Sometimes we just can't put that face on that says everything's okay. Cause sometimes it's just not okay. Right. Yeah. Of course. And, and we're, you know, and I think it's not like that we have to broadcast that everywhere, but it's building community I think is so important in this world, especially when things are going so fast, when social media is prevalent and, People are becoming more disconnected from each other, looking at smartphones or looking at whatever. Then there's that place of how do we how do we change our lives so we're actually building those relationships? Right. Yeah, I find the I think the social media has taken over the connection with friends. And it's a busy time with families and things like that. And yet, um, there's just less and less phone calls. It's so true. It's so easy. You know, I, I have a three texting rule, Rachel. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and if, we, if you've ever been through the um, multiple texts and you're just trying to oh. <laughs> set up <laughs> right. a dinner time and it's like, this is driving me crazy. I just need to pick up the phone and talk to this person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's becomes there's the simplicity of being able to send a quick message. And so there's advantages. It's not about throwing 
throwing out that baby with the bathwater, but it's really saying, okay, where do we draw the line in, in texting 15 times when we could have just picked up the phone and had a quick conversation? Yeah, that's so true. So tell me more about the journeys that you take people on, because now you have done groups and tours and Caminos. Well, I take people um, on the Camino to Santiago. And it's a first of all, let me just say that Caminos are an individual journey. So it's kind of like an oxymoron to be going oh. on a guided tour. And people often say, well, why would I come with you on the journey? And that's an extremely good question. So I encourage any of your listeners to to know that they can actually totally go on a spiritual pilgrimage without having a guided tour. Um, the reason I started to do the tours is that the the women that I work with and the men that I work with often don't want to sleep in albergues or or hostels uh, with thirty or forty other people. Mm. So um, what I do is I create the tour so that it's all the accommodations are taken care of. And I'm there as a guide more from the sense of being there as a, as a holding the space for them for their journeys and also being there to help them process through as something comes up. Because often when we get into the inner journey, it starts to bring up old uh, wounds, mm-hmm. history, and it's an opportunity at that point to be able to have someone to share that with. So what I do at this spring, I have um, a three-week walk in Spain and also a two-week walk in June in Portugal. And Portugal, we're walking along the river. So for some people, it's not really possible to do the whole Camino, which is 800 kilometers. So this is an opportunity to go and get a flavor of it. And the Camino in Portugal is along the ocean. And then inland, we're walking around 260 kilometers. The one in Spain is around 500 and uh, all of both of them are beautiful Caminos. I'll be guiding the one in Portugal and I have someone else guiding the one in Spain in May. And then in October, I've been guided to do something completely different. It's to walk the Mary Magdalene area in France. And so um, that is one of the examples of when spirit comes through calling us to do something that we haven't really thought of. And I think that's the biggest thing that the Camino offers is that opportunity to allow spirit to direct traffic a little bit. Um, I use the metaphor, Rachel, of um, can you let the universe lead the dance of your life? Mm. So any of your listeners who have been ballroom dancers or who have danced with a partner knows what happens when you're trying to figure out exactly what your partner is going to do next. And he's uh, frustrated because you're trying to go left. (laughs) Right. And so for me, it's like, it's the metaphor is really, can you often we try to figure out things in our logical mind. And whereas our, you know, our heart or our soul is really directing us in a different direction, but we're too busy figuring it out to to allow that wisdom to come through. So I think that's the main thing. So this um, Camino in October was totally unexpected. Someone just said, I I'm inviting you or she just says, I get the feeling that you're supposed to do these pilgrimages in, in France. And I'm in my mind have monkey mind going on saying, 
are you freaking kidding? One more place to <laughs> one more place to kind of get up to date on hotels and and the energy of the Mary Magdalene area and uh, walking labyrinth and sharks. It, it's just and then I just said hmm, okay because it, it's like how do we surrender? It's not like I instantly said okay yeah we're going to do that. I I just in that moment decided I'm open. And then what happened is I was sharing the possibility with people. So many people were saying, yes, I, I truly, I've been uh, thinking about Mary Magdalene and all these people are saying, yeah, this would be great. And then someone's saying, what are you doing next? And oh my God, yeah, <laughs> sign me up. So it's really, that is Rachel, the main thing that I'm beginning to live my life in that moment of surrender. And the uh-huh. surrender in me is really just that, letting go of that inner voice that's just giving all the exact very logical very good reasons why not and just breathing into what if I just said "Hmm, that sounds like a lot of fun Uh and so that's where it's going to so that um, those are my Caminos that are lined up for this year I still haven't got the final dates on October and France um, but it's um, very close to actually getting more definition and more structure. Oh, awesome. That sounds so beautiful. I love when you're, you're t- speaking about surrender. Uh, you know, that, had, that was a newer concept to me when I had, I guess, embarked on my spiritual journey around six years ago or so. And that idea of like, there's a highest path that can be guided. And for me, just that being able to let go and that let go of needing to know and needing to figure everything out and um, letting go of uncertainty and things, <laughs> that was really powerful. And I just love that you were speaking to that with how this is unfolding for you. Well, I've just been drawn. It's like even in the in January, I'm, I'm on the board of directors at Unity Church in Calgary and they said, would you like to teach the abundance class? And I'm, um, it's a, a brand new class that they've brought in from one of the unity ministers in America. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. it's just, and then that just happened to flow so nicely. And I've been having a ball facilitating it. And again, that's around, um, do I need to study a whole bunch of stuff to facilitate this? No. Uh-huh. And I had, done a a 10-day abundance class last year and so it was just as soon as they heard that I'd already done that it was just this invitation and I think for the most part surrender is if I could give your listeners one thing it's when we can surrender to that inner knowing and let go of all the you know I think for the most part there's such a in my own life, it's been figuring things out. I'm a logical person. I'm a left brain person. I'm a doer. Mm. And for me to let go of all of that, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to go find the, the route for the October trip. It doesn't mean that I'm not taking action. Right. But it's surrendering into possibilities of things that I might not have had on the plan. And I, I think often, I, I think of when I'm trying to figure everything out, I'm working from a very small vision of what's possible. And I think of it, if you've ever seen a um, tapestry from the bottom or anybody that does needlework, 
the back of it is often kind of messy and it is filled with knots and hanging <laughs> down and I call it the the knots or the do nots and but our spirit self is seeing that beautiful picture from the top mm, right and knows exactly where um, the journey can go but oh. when we're in our own uh, doing this, it's kind of like, I'm going to the right here and spirit saying, no, no, over left, left, left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, how do we let go of that? It's just, sometimes we just have to surrender to say, we have, Rachel, there's so much that people have inside of them. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we all have of potential. Right. That, that inner voice, those inner viruses of those people that have told us when we were little that we couldn't dance or we couldn't sing or we didn't have the capacity to do X or Y or Z. Well, there's so many examples, as you well know, with of people who have refused to listen. Right. To that limiting chatter in the in the head. And I think that's where surrender comes in okay, just take a breath, go have a coffee. I'm going to sit here and just connect to my inner wisdom. And if it feels right, I think that's the core. If it's, if it kind of brings up, there might be that scary kind of, oh my gosh. Um, but if it feels like, well, that would be so incredible to be doing that, then there's a, a sign that um, perhaps it's something that we want to allow as opposed to figure out. Yeah. That's very true. And I know for me, sometimes things come along that were not in my awareness or my what I thought was my little plan or how it was going to work. Something comes along and completely unexpected, and it was just such a blessing, you know? So we can receive those blessings sometimes when we, like, let go of that clenched fist that we have to do it all. <laughs> I, I think, you know, when I look back into when I'd lost, you know, there's lots of stories I could tell, but when I when I realized most of the time when I ended up losing my home and my savings, it was because I had been putting happy face stickers on things. I would call it putting the happy face sticker on the red warning lights. And it's mm. like, pretty soon it's like spirit says, she's not listening. Like you're going off you go. You're going to, um, you can either go easily or you're going to have to go through all this other stuff. You know? And so I look back at, you know, I can, we can all look back. I think I do encourage people to stay in the present, but the past has some, some wisdom to teach us. Right. And I look at if, when I could have actually listened to that inner guidance, that voice that said, you know, wait a second here, why are you doing this? And then there's a tendency to just brush that aside, especially when it's our ego mind that has decided it's something we're supposed to do. Yeah. So everything that I have gone through, I'm not, has been such an incredible blessing for me to move forward, but also for me to be able to more deeply serve. I think having gone through the fires, um, it gives me more compassion and more understanding of the the women that I work with. Mm, right. Yeah. I think too, we, you know, something we, to be able to resonate and know the pain that people are feeling, even if it was from a different circumstance, that, that feeling is the same. 
And if we can identify with that in others, um, it does open up our compassion. I think it does. And it doesn't mean like, as, as you say, maybe some of us have lost a child or uh, been laid off or different things, whether or not we have the exact same, we can understand what it means or what it feels like inside when things go wonky in our life. And it's that that gives us that deeper inner wisdom. I actually think that as a society, we're missing on a lot of wisdom because there's not so much the honoring of the elderly, of the amazing experiences they've gone through. And when I say elderly, I'm talking about 80 and 90 because <laughs> <laughs> I think we're redefining what, what you know, I'm past retirement age in Canada, but to me that 65 is the new 45. And so there's so much wisdom that's being gathered by, by living life. Mm-hmm. And it's after we're 45, we get to actually apply that wisdom in ways that we would have never thought. There's just all this life learning. And all of a sudden, I think things open up that are things that we perhaps never contemplated doing. I know for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know for me, there's, I mean, I look around at my life today and it's just, if somebody had shown me the video of, you know, 2018 and I'm facilitating groups or I'm leading this online abundance course or I'm, I'm off in, in, in foreign countries several months of the year. Oh my gosh. I would have never come into my pre my husband's <laughs> vision of things if somebody had, it would be like uh, reading a fantasy novel right <laughs> there's these things that are lined up and um I think we don't have to wait for the disaster we yeah. don't have to wait to get to ground zero we and and yet there's something about moving through all those things that creates more I think it's in the gratitude. There's such a gratitude after, you know, I was homeless after I lost my home for five years, house sitting and moving from place to place and having this beautiful new apartment now with all my things around me and things out of storage. I have such a sense of gratitude when I walk in. Oh yeah. It creates for any of your listeners that have lost a home, they will understand um, more of what that would feel like. There's something that, just allows one to feel, oh my goodness, like I'm in my own bed. I have my books around me. I have all this going on. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we go through those dips um, to make us more conscious, to give us more that sense of gratitude for what is good in our life. Right. Oh, wow. Well, I could... Enjoy chatting with you all day, Ariana. You've got so much to share. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you or learn more about how you might be able to support them on their journey, how would you like for them to do that? Well, they can actually um, connect to me on my website. It's uh, www.arianabrackenbury.com. So that's spelled A-R-I-A-N-A. B-R-A-C-K-E-N-B-U-R-Y.com. Or they can text me on my number 403-608-4274. 
Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, Rachel, what a pleasure. I, I always enjoy these conversations uh, as part of the fun of having gone through some of the journeys in life. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you again through eWomen, but also, I mean, your Camino is so appealing. I would like to do it uh, Ariana style. (laughs) (laughs) I would be delighted to have you on. It becomes a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, great to be with you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Listeners, if you would like to stay connected and get updates about Rev with Rachel, please go to www.drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address, and I will send you Rachel's Nine Happiness and Healing Essentials, which talks about some of my favorite healing tools, and my new book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You, is now on Amazon. You can check it out chapter by chapter. It's It shows about freeing different things, free your body, free your mind, free you, free others, and so on. And also, I have an app that will support you on your journey to inner healing and radiance. It is free to download, and you can subscribe for more features, including my daily recreators, power words for retraining your mind, and get special push notifications from me with quotes and other messages for your healing journey. For the links, go to www.rachelapp.com and you can download and subscribe there. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. EWN Podcast Network.